0: Hey, Salem Fields, it is great to be with you today. Well, I am super excited for worship today. If you haven't already, make sure you say hi in the chat. Uh, Join me, make some comments, ask some questions during the service. And it's going to be a really, really great one because we're in the second week of our CrossFit sermon series, where Pastor James is really talking to us about how we can be spiritually fit that we, a lot of times we focus on being physically fit and, and a lot of the the things that apply to physical fitness also apply to our spiritual fitness and our relationship with God. And so last week he talked a little bit about the, this idea of an assessment, you know, where are you spiritually? Where is your, your starting point and and where do you want to go? Because God has given us all that we need to be spiritually fit This week, he's going to share with us about what it means to chew on God's Word, this idea of meditation. And it's going to be a great message, great service ahead. And just to let you know, in between services on Sunday, 9, in between 9 and 11, approximately 10, 15-ish, we're going to be having our Zoom lobby time. And that's a great way for us to connect with you, just to see you face-to-face, to chat a little bit, to pray together. Sometimes over the interwebs here, we don't get that personal interaction. So I want to invite you to join us for that and join me for that specifically this week. And we have a lot of great stuff that's going on at Salem Fields that you can join in from wherever you are. So make sure that you stay tuned to our website, SalemFields.com, and a lot of the great CrossFit-themed things that are coming up that we'll be sharing a little bit about later in the service. So sit back, relax, actually lift your hands up, stand up, do whatever that you need to to worship God and to thank Him for all that He has done for you. So welcome and enjoy the service.
1: As we worship. All right, we sing. Just one word, you call the us that surrounds me. But just one word, the darkness has to retreat. Oh, just one touch, I need the presence of the But just one touch, my eyes were open to see my heart. faith arise, let all agree, there's no power like the power of Jesus, Come on. I will believe for great
2: Well, good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? Hey, you can be seated. Well, wait, 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 wait before you can get seated. Hey, you know, we have uh, an amazing online um, group of people that are belongers as well, and I think it's just a wonderful way to let them know that they're feeling a part of this body as well. So uh, just kind of face that camera or one of these cameras and just say good morning and welcome to all those that are worshiping with us online this morning, and then you can be seated. All right. No, 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 baby, get up. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, had, I had control. I had power in the mic. I thought I'd get your little, you know, we are doing CrossFit. We thought maybe we'd get some exercise in this morning. Um, no, we're excited that you're here. Thank you for joining us for worship this morning, whether you're worshiping with us online or here. We know that God is here and God's going to do amazing things for us. You know, it's not by chance that you're here this morning because God's got something specific for you. And I know Pastor James's message is amazing and powerful about breaking down the barriers in our lives today and uh, getting to what uh, God has for us us you know one of the great ways uh one of the big barriers i think in a lot of our lives is that of the tithes and offerings we get wrapped up about this thing and oh we're just giving to the church no it's a spiritual barrier sometimes to, that our giving to god is faithful worship to him and um, and you have the opportunity to to give faithfully in your tithes and offerings today uh through uh using the, the salem fields app if you're worshiping with us online there's a the give button at the top of your screen or you can go out to our giving kiosk out in the lobby, and uh, and you know give your uh, tithing and offering there. If you're a guest with us today, if this is your very first time, please don't feel obligated to give this in any way. We just want you to sit back, relax, and then uh, hear from God today and what He asked for you. You know, we also want to make sure that you're filling out your connection card. I know it's hard. We don't have cards here for you, but you can go online to SalemFields.com/contact and fill out that connection card. If you're worshiping with us online, um, I know our host there will be putting that little moment of the, you can click on that in the chat room and. We we want to encourage you to do that and fill those things out because that's a way that we can stay connected to you. Um, this is where you can put your prayer requests. Let us know what's going on in your life so that we know um, how we can best serve you as your pastors and staff here at Salem Fields. Um, and it's also a great way for you to make sure that you're getting all the up-to-date information on um, whether it's our, our announcements and our text uh, uh, ways that we put out all of our information um, throughout the week. So uh, please fill out that uh, connection card. If you have your phone out with us, uh, phone out with us, phone out with you already, go ahead and check into Facebook because this is just another great way. You know, Facebook is the front door to letting people know what Salem Fields is all about. And uh, click on that. Let people know where you're worshiping at today. Invite them there. Maybe even start a watch party so that they can be a part of the services today as well because, you know, I believe in the global reach that um, technology allows us to have to uh, reach God's people um, through Facebook and the the different platforms. You know, I I know this for a fact because I know that my mom accepted Christ um, through watching our online service. Because she's in Illinois, and this was some years ago, so I know the technology works. To that God is using it for great things, and uh, you know we have a great um, online community watching from England and and Nigeria and um, and India. So it's it's just a great way, and we can um, enlarge that reach by you checking into Facebook. You know, we also have great things that are going on. Salem Fields is all about the community. Um, Who's excited about running a 5K? You're sick. Um, you know, I, I I said this. I ran my three mile fitness, my, my PFT in the Marine Corps, and that was it. I'm not running any more three mile stuff after after I got out. Um, but no, hey, yeah. But this uh, this 5K, you know what? Just because I don't want to run it doesn't mean I can't walk it or even crawl it. It's for anybody's uh, ability level. And this is going to benefit the Thurman Brisbane Center. Um, we're excited about this because um, you know, they're, they're all everything that comes in for this race is going to go and help those that are living in the shelter um, that um, have just uh, maybe hit rock bottom in their life and they need some hope. And Salem Fields gets to be a part of that. So um, if you would um, participate with that, you can find out more information by going to SalemFields.com Run. Um, we have a 12 12- um, 12 and under one mile uh, event for this uh, race for this event as well as um, we have a facebook group page um, that you can go to and it will uh, it's a group it's a training group and uh, there's all kinds of tips out there pastor chris is heading this up and for how to get you ready from run, being on your couch through covid to being able to walk or run the, the 5k that's coming up you know another great thing that we want to do at Salem Fields is we always try to, to help people in our community and our world globally is through our crisis care kits crisis care kits are um, these boxes of of inf- uh, basic necessities that we put together that go to uh, disaster areas um, that have been affected or, or, or hard hit due to weather or natural disasters or that and that this goes de- uh, denomination wide, and um, we try to keep a supply warehouse in Pennsylvania filled with all these supplies and um, our warehouse is now um, starting to get depleted because their uh, supplies are going all over the the world to different people in need and so um, there's a there's a call for us to put together these crisis care kits. And uh, you can participate in that by bringing in the supplies and dropping them off here um, at, at the church. And you can also uh, find that information by going to SalemFields.com slash kits. And that has a little PDF file that lets you know all the all what's uh, needed in those kits, how to pack them up and bring them back here um, so that we can continue to put our... our uh our hearts out there to those that are in need throughout the world. You know, we're just excited that you're here today and to worship. You know, I give it up to our worship team and every week they're up here and they're trying to lead us. And I know it's not the same, it hasn't been the same since COVID, where we're not like a huge group in here, but you know, let's let's feel like a large group this morning and lifting up praise to God and supporting our worship team as we lift up the praises on how God's brought us through this week. Um, let's continue to worship.
1: Let's stand together as we continue to worship. Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. So when we choose to stand on the love of Christ, we have our confidence. So let's praise him from that position today. Darkness tries to roll over my bones. My sorrow comes to steal the joy out. When brokenness and pain is all I know. I won't be shaking, I won't be shaking. Come on. Cause my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I the no. maybe you've come in here this morning and you've been wrestling with fear or maybe you've been wrestling with just some other struggle but I want you to understand something God doesn't want you to stay in that moment of bondage in that moment of captivity see he's come to set you free and it's just as simple as opening your heart and surrendering to him and you know, kind of think about when we raise our hands, it's almost like this white flag that we raise, just giving Jesus complete control over our moments and over our life. So when you see someone raise their hands in worship, it's, it's not just an act. It's just a, a sign of surrender. It's just saying, you know what, God, you take over my entire life. You take over my heart. You come and you come and move and you tear down any walls that just hinder my walk with you and keep me from walking in the fullness of your promise. And so we're going to sing out this, this chorus together, and I just want as just to encourage you as just a sign, as just a symbol, as a declaration to just lift your hands high and say, you know what, I surrender to you, Lord. I give you control over my life. I give you control over what it is that I'm facing, what it is I'm struggling with, and I want to walk in the hope of your promise and in the truth of your victory. So I want us to sing this out together as we declare this. So i stand With arms high and all abandoned in awe of the one who gave it all. And I'll stand, my soul, Lord, to you surrendered. All I am is yours. Come on, sing it in. So I'll stand with arms high and all abandoned. the one James is talking about breaking barriers, these walls that keep us from walking in the fullness of God. So we're going to declare the truth of this song, that God is going to break through walls even if he hasn't yet in your life. Because walking around these walls, I thought by now they fall. You felt that way? But you have never failed me yet. And that's the truth we declare over and over and over. Been waiting for change to come. But I'm knowing the battle's won. Because here's our truth. For you have never failed me yet. Remember his faithfulness. We declare this and we sing it. Because your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. And I'm stealing your hands. This is my confidence, because you've never failed me yet. He doesn't fail. It's not in his nature. It's not who He is. We sing this together. Yes, I know the night won't last. And your word will come to pass. And my heart will sing your praise again. Even in Your the weakest moment, let your praise rise, let your song rise cause Jesus you're still enough just keep me within your love oh, my heart will sing your praise again oh we sing and we declare oh, that your promise still stands great is your faithfulness your faith. I'm still in Your hands, and this is my confidence. You never fail, oh, Your promise still stands. Great is Your faithfulness, Your faithfulness, so I'm still in. fail. Oh, and you won't stop now. So whatever the wall is in your life, sing out. To Say, wall, come down in the name of Jesus. Say, God, deliver me in the name of Jesus. Even if I don't see it, I believe that You are moving. I believe that You are for me. I believe that You are with me. And so we declare this together in faith. I see You move. Promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm stealing your hands. This is my confidence. You never. no way Lord. look at the cross Lord. look at the cross and he emptied out the grave he rose again setting us free Lord. and that's our confidence because of what he's done on the cross we have hope we have salvation we have promise we have a future he is for you he's not against you seeing he has a desire for an abundant life for you. Not just life, but in an abundant life. And that abundance isn't built around things or stuff. It's built around his presence, his power, his being for you, his being with you, leading you into all truth. So, Father, we receive that this morning. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you don't want to leave us where we were, Father, but you want to continue to, to bring us into a deeper understanding of you, a deeper relationship with you. And I just pray, God, that as we rest in your presence, God, that we just allow you to just penetrate the deepest parts of our hearts and our lives. Be with Pastor James as, as he delivers this word, Father, so that we can see those walls that keep us from walking in the fullness of who you are, and that all that you have for us can just come falling down. Father, we give you all honor, all glory, and all praise, and together with one voice and one heart we declare, Amen.
3: I am so glad that you are here today. Um, there's a reason why I do not work out on Saturdays. And the reason why you don't work out on Saturdays is because if you do, you can be stiff on Sundays. And today is one of those days that I'm stiff because uh, we were at Faith and Fitness uh, Yesterday had a great turnout and a great word and some great uh, um, exercises and and Justin tried to kill me and so Matt and the whole crew. And so uh, I'm a little stiff today, but I'm making it. I'm making it. And uh, I'm so uh, glad that you are here as we continue this series called CrossFit. We started last week, and we started by talking about balance being the key to spiritual fitness. Balance being the key to spiritual fitness. So, so I began this journey at about 50 years old. I was 50 years old, and I began this journey to, uh, to become physically fit. And so I was a man with a plan. And uh, and I I went into it and I said, "You know, I'm going to be I'm going to be squatting hundreds of pounds. I'm going to be biking hundreds of miles and 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 I'm just going to be lifting tons of weight and, and I was excited about. It. Have you ever had a plan that you you're excited about it and you just run into that plan and you just run in with uh, give it all your gusto and you're excited and sometimes you're your plan is a little unrealistic. I, I remember my trainer deciding to uh, let me go with my plan for a little bit. Uh, maybe he was teaching me a lesson or so. But, but so I said, You know, uh, he said, Well, what do, you, what do you squat? And I said, Well, why, why don't we start with about 250? And, and uh, excuse me, how, what do you push up? And I said, well, Why don't we start about 250? So, so he pushed 250. Now, mind you, I'm 158 pounds, 6'2 like a stream thing, and so he puts the 250 on there so I can press it. And, and I got all excited about it, and I was going to show him that I was a man with a plan, and I could do all this stuff, and, and I got laid down on the bench, and I went to, you know, I just went to lift it off so I could get it off of the, the bench and begin to press it. And I don't know, I, maybe it got caught on the, it was caught or something, because I, I was pushing it up, and it wasn't going anywhere. And I, and I pushed harder, and it wasn't going anywhere. And, uh, and my trainer said, you know what? <laughs> you might have a plan, but your goals are unrealistic. Have you ever been in a situation where you had a plan, but your goals were unrealistic? If I would have stuck to my plan, I would have crashed and burned right away. But luckily, my trainer began to work me out, began to see what what was going on in my life, to see the things I was strong at, the things I was deficient at. He began with things like balance, and he began to look at growth barriers and different things like that. And it was interesting, as people would watch my progress online, because there were some people who were, who were basically uh, really into it and who were kind of encouraging me and were so impressed by what I was doing and, and, and thought I had arrived and I hadn't arrived. And then there were some people who were making fun of me because I would put on there and, and my trainer would have me sometimes doing these 10-pound weights. And, and people would make fun of me and say, oh, I was doing that when I was a kid. And I, I would just follow the program. Because my trainer knew my body, knew my ability and the growth barriers that I was trying to overcome. In this second message of this series, we're going to talk about growth barriers. Growth barriers, because here's the reality. If we're going to grow spiritually, if we're going to be CrossFit, there are some growth barriers that we have to remove from our lives. Spiritual fitness is all about growth. God's will for us as belongers, for us as Christians, is that we grow up and become just like Jesus. In most cases, we have barriers to growth in our lives. Uh, Lack of spiritual fitness happens when barriers prevent us from knowledge, motivation, accountability, nourishment, and commitment growth in our lives. Here's the good news, or should I say the God news. The God news is this, that he can help us destroy growth barriers and become CrossFit. So back in the early years, I was a youth pastor in York, Pennsylvania. And one of the things they had for a small group is they had a bike riding small group. So it was a bike riding small group. And in this bike riding small group, we would get together once a week. And we would do this, this bike ride. We would have prayer at the beginning and prayer at the end, and we would do this bike ride. It took us about an hour to do it, and it was about 20 miles. And so I began to do this bike riding. I liked it. I went and I purchased a bike. It's right back there. I still have it today. It's about 28 years old. And, and uh, I, I got this bike, and, and I, was, I, was, I was biking, and I was enjoying it. And uh, so I, I was enjoying it a, a lot, and so I, I got on it, and uh, we left York, Pennsylvania, and we moved to Boston. I decided that I was going to ride the bike in Boston. Now, Boston's a little bit more busy than York, Pennsylvania. And I was, making a, I was having a ride, you know, trying to go with traffic and different things like that in Boston, Massachusetts. And one day, a car cut me off. And when a car cut me off, I kind of slammed on my brakes, Right, because that was my reaction. And the, uh, the problem was I had clip shoes. If you ride bike and you, you get good at it, you get these shoes that have clips in them, and they clip into your pedals so that you get more energy when you're pedaling. And, and as I stopped real quick to keep from hitting that person, uh, I put my brakes on, and I couldn't get my shoes out fast enough. And I went down. And when I went down, about, about two or three feet from me, a car went right past me and my life flashed before my eyes. Because if I had been a number of feet further out in the road, I would have been crushed. And that day, I put that bike down and I didn't ride it again. It wasn't a year that I didn't ride again, it wasn't two years that I didn't ride again. I didn't ride that bike for 10 years. In the meantime, we moved from Boston and we moved here to Fredericksburg. And the whole time I was on staff here at Salem Fields, I didn't ride that bike. Ten years into my journey, I'd gone up to Annandale to be a pastor up there. And one guy, one of the parishioners, one of the, came to me and said, Hey, let's go bike riding. And I said, oh, that would be great, and I got excited about it. In fact, I took my bike, and I put it in my, my truck at the time, and I took it up to Annandale, my office, so that we could go bike riding. And for two years, that bike sat in that office, and I did not touch it. And one day, Marcelo, one of the parishioners of the church, one day he came to me and said, you know what? I want to give you a pastor appreciation gift. And so Marcelo took my bike, and he he gave me the gift of a tune-up. He went in and replaced the tires, replaced the tubes, the brakes, the gears, gave me a total bike tune-up. And so I had no choice. I had to get back on the bike. And so one day he took me out, and and we did a course. We went from the Lorton Jail, right there, 123 Ox Road, all the way up to Fairfax and back. And if you do that ride, it's about a twenty. 20 mile ride and we did it in an hour and I was feeling great and when I got back to the Lorton that Lorton jail parking lot I asked myself Heyward, what took you so long to get back on the bike because it was like it was I got right back on and I went I went right back where I started so it wasn't a physical thing it wasn't my inability to ride the bike it was a growth barrier that accident had produced a growth barrier in my life, and I was not able to get over it. Here's the reality: we have growth barriers in our lives. There are things in our lives, they can be situations, they can be failed relationships, they can be hurts or habits or hang ups, they can be lack of commitment and some other things that pr- produce growth barriers in our lives that keep us from being what God wants us to be in Christ Jesus. And so if we're, if we're going to take this journey into, into spiritual fitness, we have to deal with growth barriers. You know, Jesus talked about barriers of growth. He didn't use those exact terms, but our main scripture today is going to talk a little bit about growth barriers So, our main scripture is from Matthew chapter 13, verses 3 through 13. And this is what it says Using the boat as a pulpit, this is Jesus, he addressed his congregation telling stories. What do you make of this? A farmer planted seed. And as he scattered the seed, some fell on the road and birds ate it, some fell in the gravel. It sprouted up quickly, but didn't put down roots, so that when the sun came up, it withered just as quickly. Some fell in the weeds, and as it came up, it was strangled by the weeds. And then some fell on good earth and produced a harvest beyond his wildest dreams. Are you listening, really listening? Disciples came up and asked, Why do you tell stories? He replied, You've been given insight into God's kingdom. You know how it works. Not everyone has a gift, this insight. It hasn't been given to them. Whenever someone has a ready heart for this, the insight and understanding flows freely. But if there is no readiness, any trace of receptivity soon disappears. This is why I tell stories, to create readiness to nudge people toward receptive insight. So Jesus was talking about growth barriers. He talked about seed that that fell like, uh, that fell among weeds and the weeds become a growth barrier. He talks about seed that falls in gravel and, and sprouts up really quickly, but because it doesn't have deep roots, it withers, growth barriers. He talks about seed that falls on the, on the ground, and so, and so what happens is something steals that seed away, growth barriers. Could it be? that the reason that we're not growing the way we want to grow is because there's a growth barrier in our life. So what are some of these growth barriers? Today's message is going to be really practical. I'm going to share five growth barriers with you and I'm going to share some some suggestions on how you deal with those growth barriers because the reality is we all have growth barriers in our lives. And unless we can identify these barriers, and unless we can give these barriers over and and give ourselves over to the Lord, those barriers will keep us from being what God wants us to be, what Christ died for us to be. We've prayed for you today. We pray for those who are listening online, to those who are in the auditorium here, those who will be listening for us with, to us somewhere off in the globe somewhere. We pray that, that God, the Holy Spirit, would be here and that He would be speaking and revealing to us what those growth barriers are. Because I don't try I don't care how hard you try, I don't care how hard you bootstrap it, if you don't deal with growth barriers, you will stay exactly where you are. So the first growth barrier, you want to write some of these down, is knowledge. Knowledge, the mind or intelligence. Some people, growth barriers, knowledge. They just don't know enough. Listen to what Hosea says. My people are ruined because they don't know what's right or true. Proverbs says it like this: that's right. If you make insight your priority, you won't take no for answer. Searching for it like a prospector panning for gold, like an adventurer on a treasurer. Believe me, before you know it, fear of God will be yours. You'll have, come, you'll have come upon the knowledge of God, and here's why. God gives wisdom out free. It's plain spoken in knowledge and understanding. For some of us, it's just a matter of knowledge. The growth barrier is because we don't know enough. This lack of growth or this growth barrier of knowledge reminds me uh, of my early, my first sermon. I was called into ministry at 16. I didn't want to go into ministry. And and so my pastor was trying to encourage me. And so he said to me, James, uh, I have a slot open on Sunday night and I want you to speak. That was when we had Sunday night services, right? And so I want you to speak. And so I was excited about speaking. I was excited about the opportunity. And so I knew I was going to speak on Matthew 28 because I'm a kind of a go person, and so I was going to preach on Matthew 28, and I had gotten some canned illustrations, and I, I knew where I was going to start, and I knew I was going to land, and I, I knew what the altar call was going to be, and I was really excited, and so Sunday came. I was nervous, but I, I decided that I, I, I was, I was going to do this the right way, so, so I had my big, giant, Thompson chain reference Bible, Anybody remember Thompson Chain reference Bibles? They're big, giant Bibles. You know, because if you're going to be a pastor, you had to have a big, giant Bible. And so I had that, and I I brought it in the to to the podium with me so I could do all of my scriptures, and and I was ready to go. And I, man, I I preached. I mean, I was authoritative, and I preached, and, and, and I, I shared all my illustrations, and I got the last where I wanted to get the last, and, and I wrapped it up, and I landed the plane just right. I mean, it was a sight to see and hear. And I had the altar call, and people came to the altar. And when I got done, when I got done with all of that, it had been 15 minutes. Now, the people in the audience, oh, I know it's hard to believe. I know it's hard to believe. Now, the people in the audience were happy because they got out, and the pastor had to do a couple more songs because he didn't want them getting out that early because I was making them look bad. I had preached everything I knew to preach. It was 15 minutes. Knowledge. Sometimes a lack of knowledge is a growth barrier in our lives. You know sometimes we know we know just enough to be dangerous. And that's all we know. The reality is knowledge is important. Sometimes we don't grow because of it. Maybe the problem, maybe the problem in your life is you really want to grow. You you really have you really have this, this, this real passion to grow. You want to experience everything that you want that you need to experience to be a belonger in Christ, a follower of Jesus, but you just don't know enough about spiritual things. The Bible says that uh, God will give us knowledge, that if we really want it, if we ask for it, if if we if we do the things that put us, put ourselves in a position to receive it, that God will give us knowledge. So, what are some three-step solutions? Some three-step solutions to this problem. Three things that you can do to help you with this. The first thing is is begin a consistent plan of Bible study. A consistent plan of Bible study. Work into your schedule, work into your week some way that you can consistently study the Bible. Number two, decide to read at least one book a month on some kind of spiritual Thing Maybe for you, maybe it's not a book. Maybe it's a chapter a month. Whatever. Scale it to where you are, but begin to read something to, to put something in your mind and spirit when it comes to spiritual things. Number three, establish a mentoring relationship with a more mature Christian, which includes getting together at least once a month for prayer and discussion. See, everybody needs Barnabas. Everybody, Paul had a Barnabas, and then Timothy had a Paul. Everybody needs someone that that can mentor them in this area of knowledge. Find somebody who has has some spiritual depth, who's mature. You know what I like to do if I'm going to spend my time with people in this area? I want to always find somebody that's doing better than I am. And I want to spend my time with that person and allow that person to mentor me and to pray with that person, discuss the things of faith. The second growth barrier is motivation or enthusiasm. Motivation or enthusiasm Jesus went to work on the disciples. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat, I am. Don't run from suffering, embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Sometimes it's just a lack of enthusiasm. And this, this has a tendency to work with people who've been on the journey for a little bit. You know, when we're first saved, we're excited about it. We want to go tell everybody. We're excited about it. We're excited about the changes that we see God doing in our lives. And we become the best evangelists, the best people of telling our story and and encouraging other people to come with us and to discover this Christ that has transformed our lives. And we're excited. We don't have any knowledge, but we're excited about the little knowledge that we do have. The problem is sometimes... As we stay in the journey, and as we as we are belonging for a while, and, and we, we stay on this journey for a while, so that enthusiasm, that motivation begins to wane and begins to dry up. What do I mean by motivation? Motivation is defined this way: that which moves one towards an action, that which charges, changes, excuse me, provokes or impels our very being. See, the motivation for Christianity is the the exact opposite of what motivates the world. If if I look at the world and if I look at social media and if I listen to the gurus that talk about motivation, motivation is always found in self, self self-motivated. It's always found in me, my, I, high chair, kind of a thing. But for Christianity, for people who belong us, we're supposed to find our motivation. We're supposed to find our enthusiasm in the things of God. We're supposed to uh, find those things in in the things of faith and the things of Christianity in Christ. You know, our, our sense of motivation, our, our sense of inspiration comes from God, not from things not from possessions, not from jobs, not from positions and all of those different things. David spoke of his motivation. He says, when he said, I'm coming to the party you're throwing for me, that's when God's word entered my life and became a part of my very being. See, this idea that we're motivated by what we can achieve for us and how we can build our kingdom It's the total opposite of what the Scripture talks about. The Bible does not teach us to to center ourselves and our motivation on who we are, but on who Jesus is. Jesus begins to go and, and talk about if you're going to if you're gonna come after me, you're going to have to let me lead. If you're going to come after me, you're going to have to pick up your cross and, and follow me. And he, he begins to say stuff like, anybody who wants to, st- to find his life will lose it, but anyone who loses his life for me will find it. And he begins to talk about this inverted pyramid where the first to last and the last are first. And it totally goes against the cultural kind of bearings of our culture that talks about being at the top of the pyramid, that talks about being large and in charge. And, and Jesus says, no, 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 it's just the opposite. I mean, Jesus talks about the cross. And, and today we, with the cross we wrap around our neck and we decorate our houses with it, and it's this object of salvation and whatever. But if you talk to the people back in that day, the cross was a, a symbol of scorn. The cross was a symbol of death. It's only because Jesus conquered the cross that we can decorate our houses with it and wear it around. It would be like us taking the electric chair. Or the gas chamber and deciding that we were going to have little, little, little nick, nick-knocks of the gas chamber or the electric chair. And we were going to wear that around our neck. Can you imagine it? I'm going to wear the electric chair around my neck. I'm going to have electric chairs on my walls to decorate my house. Of course not. The cross was an instrument of death. And Jesus' message to us was only those who die to themselves, only those who die to himself, will truly follow him. We do that by not not doing things out of vanity or conceit, but instead considering others better than ourselves because that's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. Jesus considered others better than himself. In fact, the Bible says when we were of no use whatsoever, Christ died for us. And then in Philippines, it talks about this great emptying process that God the Son went through that he sent on a mission to save you and I, to move into the neighborhood. And he goes through this emptying process where he sets aside his glory and he, he sets aside all of the things of the Godhead and he, and he moves in his neighborhood. And the Bible talks about, Paul talks about how he lives this humble life and how he dies a sinner's death. And because he's obedient, then God takes him and exalts him to the name that is above every name, so that in the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Motivation, enthusiasm, not found in ourselves, but found in Christ. Found in Christ. So what's the three-step solution? Number one, find someone who has a need and begin to minister to that person. You say, James, why would I do that? Here's why. Sometimes in our journey, we can be so focused on ourselves, our needs, our wants, our problems, our circumstances, our situations, that we become so self-focused that we're not, we 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 don't have it. We don't have any uh, a time to focus on someone else. And the time, that what usually happens when we become self-focused is we begin to lose our motivation and our enthusiasm. But if you take the time to focus on someone else, to see someone else's problem, that does something. It stirs something up. If you begin to be part of God's solution for someone else's issue and it begins to stir something in us. Number two, look around for Christian belongers who seem to have a contagious enthusiasm and set up some specific time to hang out with those people. If you're lacking enthusiasm and motivation, find someone that has it and make it your business to hang out with them and spend some time with them. You become who you hang out with I love to hang around people that are excited about the things of God. I love to hang out with people who are enthusiastic and motivated, and I try to be one of those people. Number three, write a story. Write down the story of your own conversion, of your own, your own journey into knowing the Lord so, so that you remember When I began to remember where God had took me from and and where I am today and what he has done through me and the way he's healed my life and the way he's met my need and the way he's called me and and qualified me, it it changes everything. Sometimes we just need to uh, go back. Andre Crouch sang a song called Take Me Back, Take Me Back, Dear Lord, to the place where I first received you. Let me go back there and and experience that and, and understand that from a whole new perspective. It'll give you some motivation. It'll give you some enthusiasm. One of the tenets of the Old Testament was remember. Remember. God never wanted us to forget what he did in those days, and so he challenges us to remember. He says, write it down. Remember, write the story down. Share it with someone. Number three, another growth barrier is accountability. Accountability of relationship with God and others. Sometimes the problem is that we like the kind of accountability to others which will keep us in spiritual shape that will keep us going strong on this spiritual pilgrimage of growth. What I mean by accountability, this means to open our lives to one or a few carefully selected, trusted, loyal, confidence who will speak the truth and give them the right to examine and question and appraise our lives accountability everyone needs accountability partners in their life why is it important because every person's perspective is partial and limited all of us have blind spots and we need to balance our limited perspective with the broader perspective from another person. I love new car technology. I love the new cars. I mean, I, for a while I had to rent a car, or I, I was uh, renting a car, and then I used my dad's old car again. And you know, we got these backup cameras in our cars, cars now. They're great, right? And I remember when the backup camera is gone cuz I had an older model and I had to put my my arm over the, uh, over the chair here and I had to look back right you're looking back as you as you drive out and so I love backup cameras. I love GPS devices. I love them. In fact, there's very few places that I go when I'm not using the GPS. Especially if I've if not been there before. I love the lane, kind of the lane detection. So if, you, if, you're, if you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing and you slip over into the other lane, it'll kind of warn you. But my favorite, my favorite is the blind spot detection. I put about a million miles on the car going back and forth between recruiting for the college when I was director of admissions and recruiter and going up to Annandale every day for 15 years, about a million miles. And I can't tell you the number of accidents that I've avoided because of that blind spot sensor on my car. You know, the reality is we have blind spots in our lives. And we need blind spot censors, accountability people who will say to us, James, you're missing this, or this is going on in your life, or you're giving this off, or your attitude is poor, or your, your character is suffering because you're saying yes when you can't possibly do what you're saying yes to. We need people who have permission to speak the truth and love to us and to hold us accountable for our Christian journey. Accountability is important. We need people who help us see oncoming growth barriers and the things that hinder what God is trying to do in our lives. Listen to what Proverbs says, 1310. Arrogant know-it-alls stir up discord, but wise men and women listen to each other's counsel. Let me read that again. Arrogant know-it-alls stir up discord, but wise men and women listen to each other's counsel. Maybe, maybe this area, this area's accountability is an issue for you. Maybe you've isolated yourself from other Christians uh, who, are, who are able to help you be accountable And as a result, you've allowed yourself to fall in some bad habits or hang-ups or you're dealing with some hurts that are keeping you from moving forward in your Christian life. So what's some solutions to that? Number one, find a prayer partner and begin to develop a relationship with that person, a prayer partner, a person that will pray with you. Number two, find a group of people with whom you can meet on a regular basis to share your thoughts your struggles and your dreams as a Christian belonger. small group is a great place to do that to share some of that maybe you're going to do maybe you you're just going to do it with an accountability partner but find some people that you can meet with regularly see there's a there's a there's there's this lie out in the world that goes something like this that we can do Christianity on our own we cannot we cannot. If you're doing real, if you're doing real faith, if you're, if you're a real belonger who who's in the world, who who is is doing everyday life, you can't do it, I can't do it on our own. We need each other. Number three, establish some specific goals and regularly evaluate your life against those goals. Because here's what we usually do. We usually Will say, you know what? I'm gonna compare myself to someone who is not as strong a Christian as I am. Someone who's not as strong a belonger as I am. Or I'm gonna compare myself to someone who's not a belonger at all. And, And when I compare myself to that person, I say, well, I'm doing pretty well. I can pat myself on the back. I'm doing great. Look at that person. It's like the Pharisee and the tax collector who goes up to the temple to pray, and and the Pharisee is so, so into himself that he says, God, I thank you I'm not like that tax collector. I tithe, you know, I do ministry, I give to the poor. You know, I'm I'm so glad I'm not like that guy. The opposite end is we compare ourselves to someone who's so much more mature than we are that we give up without even trying. No. What if we were just to establish some specific goals? So, so next month, I want, to, I want to have read a book on spiritual things. Next month, I want to have kind of read a Bible, book of the Bible. Next month, I want to get in an accountable relationship with someone. Next year, I I want to have read through the Bible specific measurable goals and then evaluate ourselves against those goals. Number four, the fourth growth barrier is nourishment. Nourishment. Jesus is saying this in John chapter 4. The food that keeps me going is to do the will of the one who sent me, finishing the work he started Many times our problem is a lack of nourishment. We can, be doing, we can be doing the stuff of growth without first feeding on the word of God Deuteronomy 8.3 says it this way. He put you through hard times. He made you go go hungry. Then he fed you with manna, something that neither you nor your parents knew anything about, so that you would learn that men and women don't live by bread only. We live by every word that comes from God's mouth. And then Jesus, as he's getting tempted, when the adversary says to him, well, if you're hungry, you got a right to be hungry. Just take the stones and turn them to bread. I mean, God wants you fed. He doesn't want you hungry. And Jesus answered by quoting, it takes more of the bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of the word of God's mouth now when I talk about in the, in the scriptures this thing, the scriptures feed us, I don't mean that they give us a fiber supplement or anything like that in a literal sense. But the word of God feeds our soul. And sometimes we're trying to grow and we're trying to go to the next level and, and we're kind of we're running on fumes, right? We, we, we've not fed, we've not been fed from God's word. If I took a baby and put it in the carriage, a baby cradle, and I left it there and I didn't feed it, it would, it would, it would get weak. It, it, it's, its organs would shut down and eventually it would die. And some of us are doing this spiritual life all but dead. Oh, we've been around long enough so we know the stuff to do. And we might even look good on the outside. But on the inside where Jesus says it really matters. We're dying or almost dead. We need to be fed from God's word. And so we need a daily diet of God's word. There's I read a stat recently that was interesting. And it talked about the percentage of Americans that own running shoes but don't run. 87% of Americans own some type of running shoes but don't run. And And if that seems strange, the percentage is higher of Americans who own Bibles but never read them. You can you, we, we live in a culture where, where Christianity is pretty pervasive in USA America. And and some, even if it's some Bible that their grandparent gave them or that had been handed down as a family Bible, you go into almost any household, you can say, hey, do you have a Bible? And they might have to look for it and dust some stuff off, but they'll have a Bible. So all of these Bibles going unread is crazy So what are some solutions? Meditate on the word of God. Meditate. Just just get the word of God in you and and begin to go over it again and again and again. There's so many ways that you can meditate. Put Put scriptures up all around you just put a we have it on the walls. We have scriptures on the walls. I mean, it's really in right now to, to use decorative, decorative uh, script paintings or whatever that has scripture in them. Just put them on your walls. Take sticky notes and put it on your mirror. Put it on your car so when the person cuts you off. Get the U version. U version is on your phone. It'll send you a memory verse. You can do devotions through the U version. It will send you. It will do reading plans where you can read, jump into discussion groups with other Christians and discuss a, a message or or a book of the Bible. We put out a a kind of a a list of questions where every sermon that we do, and you can go online and you can get that list of questions. Start using a scripture-based devotional that has as a goal explaining the scriptures. And then last but not least is commitment. Commitment. Deuteronomy 10 says this, So now, Israel, what do you think God expects from you? just this live in his presence and holy reverence follow the road he set out for you love him serve God your God with everything you have in you obey the commands and regulations of God that I'm commanding you today and live a good life commitment sometimes the problem is just a lack of commitment all the other hindrances are are in a way a simply a manifestation of this final hindrance, this final roadblock, a lack of commitment to Christ. We're living in a day when people are drawn away and don't want to commit. And and there's a number of reasons why they don't want to commit. Some people don't want to commit because they fear it will rob them of their freedom. If I commit to something, I won't have freedom. And the, the, the truth is true freedom, true freedom comes only through commitment. The uncommitted person is not free but rather bound. Bound by desires and demands of the moment. Number two, some refrain from commitment because they fear that they will not be able to follow through on them. And so better than breaking my commitments is not making any commitments at all. They made commitments in the past to a parent or to a spouse or to a child And they failed those commitments. And so they don't want to make a commitment. But if you're going to grow in spiritual faith, if you're going to grow, Paul says this, because of the mercy of God, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your... God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking instead. Fix your attention on God, and you'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognizing what his will is for you or what he wants from you and quickly responding to it. There's a Garfield cartoon that says this. I love this. Garfield says in the cartoon, one of my pet peeves is people who never finish what they start. He grins, and then he smiles and says, I do not happen to be one of those people. And then the last frame of the cartoon says this, my philosophy is never start anything. Some of us are like that. We never make any commitments. So we can say, I keep my commitments, even though we haven't made any. Maybe this is your growth barrier. You don't want to confine your life with a commitment that you know you're not going to be able to fulfill, so you never make a commitment. What are some ways that you can work with this? Remember the grace and mercy of God. (laughs) That God's got grace and mercy. And I would say it's better to make a commitment and not fully get there than to make no commitments at all. God has grace, God has mercy. He can help you with that. Number two, write down some specific commitments that you need to make today. God, the Holy Spirit is here. We asked him to be here. We gathered in his name. He's there in the living room where you are. He's here in the auditorium. What commitments that you, do you need to make? Write them down and then put a timetable on the commitments. Put a timetable. Say, by this, day, uh, and, and by this date of this month, I want to do this. And then put it somewhere where you see it. I usually sometimes take it and put it on a sticky note and put it in a mirror so when I get up in the morning and I'm shaving or whatever I'm doing in the mirror, I can see that commitment. Sometimes I'll make them a screensaver on my phone. So as soon as I pick my phone up, the commitment is right there. Sometimes I'll put them in, I'll make them the reminders. So it will shoot me something every now and then reminding me of the commitment that I have committed myself to. So, in wrap up, what type of soil are you? Are you in a place where God's grace can help you grow? What are the the growth barriers in your life? You know, God, the Holy Spirit, can help you break those growth barriers. But it all happens with surrender. Here I am, Lord, such as I am. Here I am. Then let me ask you one last question. Who are the Marcellos in your life? Remember Marcello? The guy who helped me get back on the bike, who helped break the growth barrier in my life? Who are the Marcellos in your life? And then one another question. Who are the people that you are being Marcelo in their life? We need each other. We're in this together. And God wants to destroy growth barriers in our lives so that we can be crossfit. Would you pray for me this morning? God, thank you. Thank you for, for, for being the God who, who's our trainer, who sees the growth barriers, who knows who we are, who knows the things that are keep getting in our way and keeping us from becoming more like you. And so, Father, we, we offer those things up to you today. You have already spoken in our ears and told us what those growth barriers are. And they, they don't have to be what I share. They might be something else. But you told us what they are. And, Father, the process now is to offer that growth barrier up to you and say, God, how would you have me deal with that growth barrier? How would you have me move that out of my life and so I can continue to go to the next level? because the reality God I understand that it's not your will that I stay stagnant it's not your will that I that I plateau is it's not your will that I'm the same person today that I've been for 10 years or 5 years or 20 years or even 1 month your will is for me to go to the next level to become more like Jesus to have an impact in my world that transforms my world as as I walk through it and live in it and exist in it. So, Father, would you help me today? Maybe you're here today and you said, James, I I don't know. I don't even have a relationship with the Lord. I don't even know. I don't even get all of this stuff. You're not here by accident, whether you're in the auditorium or listen to me online. This is a divine appointment. And today you can have a relationship with the God who knows you best and loves you most. And maybe it would be a prayer that you would pray something like this. God, I don't get it all, but something, in, something inside me says the best decision I will make today is to surrender my life to you, to be in relationship with you. And so here I am, Lord, such as I am, my past, my present, my future. I give that to you. I ask you to forgive my selfishness, my self-centeredness, And come and live inside my heart. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. So, Father, we thank you for being, that you're still in this salvation business, that you're still capturing people's hearts, forgiving them and Your grace leading them by belief, by faith, into a relationship with you. Now, Father, would you help us to be CrossFit people? We thank you for all you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being here. I love you guys.
0: Hey guys, well thanks so much for joining us today. It's been wonderful to be a part of this this digital virtual community with you and worship together from wherever we are. And don't hesitate to reach out. We are here for you at Salem Fields Community Church, and we want to connect with you. If you haven't had a chance, fill out a connection card, let us know how you're doing, if there's any requests for prayer that you have, any needs, or any things that you're interested in, especially as we've talked about some of the upcoming events here in the CrossFit series. So have a great week and we will see you next week. Take care.